Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Supervalue GEA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show we're going to be debating the pros and cons of something that we've been going through over the last few weeks over on the Die Hards podcast uh, where we've been picking our regional teams um, for a regional championship and as always I'm joined by sports editor of the Anglo South Paul Fitzpatrick and Paul to say that it has stored up a debate would be an absolutely understatement. I, I, I really believe there's an appetite for something like this here with the Cavan GEA public. Yeah, I can't believe the reaction we've had since we started doing that series of podcasts. And I know when you're picking teams, it always stores up debate. But in general, we've had a lot of people talking about this and saying, why can't we do this? And even players are saying, geez, I'd love to play in that. Uh, so I think it's worth uh, just sort of teasing this out and seeing... You know, seeing as me and you are the main power brokers in Cavan, like maybe we can get this off the ground, David. It's it's quite phenomenal that um, a, a business in Cavan actually has come and made contact to say that I'd sponsor that competition. You know, so it shows not only is there an appetite in players because I've been engaging with players that that have been slagging me for not picking them on the team, but asking them, would you play? Uh, in this competition some I did pick on the team as well but every player to a man said yeah I'd, lo- I'd love to play it you know there's no I, I haven't come across anybody to say ah do you know what I, I wouldn't but I wonder is the debate and we might even start it here is the debate what time of year can we get it in you know when we've got a split season now that you know that will come into full effect in 2022 but do you run it during the county part of the year or the club part of the year? That's the thing. And like, look, you can make 20 reasons why this shouldn't be run. Um, and the main one is going to be scheduling always. And that's that's difficult. Like the CCC has one of the most difficult jobs in Cavan GA. Trying to get everything run. Like it's, it really is tough to get everything run within 12 months of the year at all grades. And you, if you... If you run things into November, December, there's complaints that players have been flogged in the depths of winter. You, you keep it short. You have a certain cohort of people that say, you know, in Kerry, they play football all year round. They play their North Kerry final on St. Stephen's Day. Um, why, why are our lads not getting enough football? So there's different ways of looking at it. Scheduling is a big issue. And it's hard. It's going to be hard to schedule until we see exactly how the split season is going to work. But I don't think it, it can't be overcome. This is something you could play in December. Um, and open it up and give fellas football. Like, I don't think anyone's saying that it's going to be as highly prized as a senior championship medal. Um, but that's fine. That's fine. We're not t- talking about setting up a new competition to, to compete with a senior or an intermediate championship where players are playing with their own clubs and their own bodies that they've grown up with. Um, no, no one's saying that. They're, they're fine. And those competitions are very prestigious and, and run, run well as it is. This is just a new competition. And the purpose of it is to give... 
an, a pathway for players, particularly from, we'd say, junior clubs or maybe low-ranked or middle-ranked intermediate clubs uh, in particular, or even higher-ranked intermediate clubs. But if you're a higher-ranked intermediate club, you, you have a good shout of making it to senior at some stage. But players who, who have very little chance of making it to senior football, and that's a lot of players. That's hundreds of players in, in Cavan, and lots of them are good players who could go on and, and make a big difference to the county team. Uh, they're not getting exposed to this level of football. That's but away from the developmental issues, there's a load more benefits to it. It's more it's more football for a start, yeah. <laughs> and that, that's great. That's great for the fans. It's great for the county. It's great for players. If you don't want to play it, you don't have to play it. It's not a thing you're getting flogged. Like it's not a thing that it's it's a um, an all county league and your club is maybe in a relegation battle and you kind of have to play that. Mm. And you might be at the end of a long season, you might be getting flogged. If you don't want to play this, you don't have to. Um, I, I spoke with with a former, I'll say his name, Terry Highland, um, about the idea. And again, he, he was saying that I think in his when he was a selector with Val Andrews in his first term in Cavan, um, they ran as trials a regional competition, which he said was very successful in terms of it brought together the lads who wanted to play at a higher level and it gave you an opportunity to pick them out playing at a higher level rather than just expecting, well, look, at he's, he's doing brilliantly at junior, but can he make those three steps up to county senior? It it, it, it mirrors it perfectly. He also brought in the point that the, the county junior team was something similar, that, you know, you're not talking about lads having to train week in, week out, two, three times a week for a particular competition. You ask lads to come in, play games, and see if they're able to go up to a higher standard. Mm. They, they, they generally are in good shape, and lads who really, really want to make it at that higher standard will, will get themselves into good shape for a competition like this, knowing that a county manager may be looking at it and saying, well, geez, there's a lad now that I had question marks whether he could step up. He's after tearing a senior cornerback apart in this regional competition. He's worth a look now. Let's, let's, let's bring him in. Let's see if he can go to another level. So he was... Terry was was very much behind it, and I I'd be very much surprised now, and I must have the conversation with Mickey Graham. But that if you could schedule it at the right time of year, that it it could be that if we brought it to the end of the club championship, but in that window between that and your your county senior starting back training or definitely starting back into competition, if you could put it into that window, it'd be a great opportunity to have a look at players that you have question marks over that may be able to make that step up. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's more important than ever because if you remember back about 10 years ago, every time you'd meet someone in the county or when, when the All-County League was on the go or even the, the championship, the common thing on everyone's zips was, oh, the county players aren't standing out. If you remember <laughs> that, that was a conversation yeah, yeah. I had a thousand times with people. And, and it was right at the time that you were seeing a lot of county players and maybe the county team wasn't at its strongest point at that time but you were seeing a lot of county players going out in club games and they weren't standing out so that was a that was definitely an issue at the time but but now there's a gap there i think like okay you've you've got half a dozen or more um top club players that have come into the county panel this year um and you, you had a big panel but you probably have a group of 50 odd and there is a gap then i think there's a gap we, we have an elite bunch there they're being very well prepared strength and conditioning wise and every other way um, and you know, there's no bluffers in that group anymore. That's a group of of highly tuned, focused athletes. So it's it's harder, I would say, than ever for a player from one of these 
these type of clubs that we've talked about to make that jump now. If you've only ever played junior club football, you might have played county minor or whatever, but if you're playing junior club football, um, and junior football is hard to get out of, very hard to get out of at the minute, or you're playing with a low ranking intermediate team, you know, the, the gap is big for you there. And I, that they're the type of players that I think would benefit the most from this. Plus, you've got the representative sort of honour of it as well. Like you might have a man who's who's been a good club player for years, not maybe a county player, but like a senior player, um, and he gets the opportunity to play at a higher level as well. Now he might n- never have been cut out for senior, but he could be well capable of playing this level, which you would hope would be slightly above uh, club level. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So take us back to um, I think like you have some information on the competition as it was run or, or a very similar style competition that was run back in the early 90s. Yeah, well, so let me just go back a bit for the first day. I, mean, I, I think it's very important that we that we remember where we have come from. I know in handball, this is a big a big issue that I have in, in handball. It's is, is not related to Cavan, but nationwide. Is that in handball, we've all these grades. We've As, as the years have gone on in handball, we've been adding more and more competitions, national all-irons and various master's grades and B grades. To the point where we're totally saturated and everyone gets a chance to win in all Ireland or ha- and has a good chance in a lot of cases. And I always make the point that we, you know, when there's a push on in handball to abolish some of these grades, people will say, ah, oh, but I mean, that's that's been there for years. But people seem to think that's, that's been the way forever, but it hasn't been. And I think in Calvin, it's important that we realize that amalgamations have are here since the very earliest days of the GA in Calvin and right through. And it's only in the last couple of decades, really, that they've faded away. So it's important to remember where we come from. There is a tradition of it in Cavan. So if you go back to the to the early days, let's say the great corner fan team, that was effectively an amalgamation because you had John Joe O'Reilly and Big Tom O'Reilly, uh, who were obviously from the dairies in Kilachandra. You had um, Packy Fair, who was from the pub in the in the middle of Kilachandra town, playing with corner fan. You had the Cullies from Arva, uh, playing with corner fan. So the big powerhouse clubs were able to draw in players that time uh, from outside of their own traditional heartland, uh, which you would know it as the corner fan area. Now that was the same with Mount Nugent. They won a senior championship. Uh, Mick Higgins from Kilnanek was there. Uh, Tony Ty from Bally James Duff was there. Superstar uh, players on a national level. Mm. They were gravitating towards their near senior team, which was Mount Nugent. Um, you would have seen it with the, with the Cavan Slashers as well. Now they would have had a lot of players coming in from outside the county and hoovered them up because back then probably travel was more difficult. If you were a guard or a bank official uh, from the west of Ireland, would say, you, and you moved to Cavan Town to work in the Ulster Bank or the Barracks or whatever it was, you were transferring clubs and you were going to the Slashers. So they were sort of an amalgamation. They were known as the League of Nations. That was something that used to be said about them. I had a good chat with Paddy Riley about that recently. So you had that back then. Even the Crusher Law team, the, the seven in a row team, would have had players from Balignan and places like that. Um, so that was all that that always went on in Cavan. Now in the seventies, what ended the seven in a row was there was a big push for amalgamations. Crushalow were so dominant, and uh, there was a lot of talk that we needed amalgamations. And this brings me back to the Quinn report, which came out in December twenty twelve. They'd been working on that for eighteen months. So so you imagine when they sat down to to work on that it was halfway through twenty ten, and at the time Cavan Gales were as dominant as any club team has ever been in Cavan. So that would be feeding into that as well, the sense that. We need to make this more competitive. There's one team that's so good, and that was probably a factor when Crush Law were dominating as well. But in the 70s, we take 1973, which funnily enough was the year that Crush Law's uh, run ended. They'd won the previous seven hot favorites, obviously, to make it eight. 
and there was 21 teams in the senior championship in 1973. And I think that include, that was 12 standalone teams and nine amalgamations. So the amalgamations included O'Reilly Gales, which was Kingsford and Shercock, St. Matthews, which was Den and Ballinia, Sheelan Gales, which was Mernugian and Bally McHugh, Parnells, which was Killeshandra and Kildallan, St. Moog's, which was Templeport and Corla, Aaron Gales, which was Butters Bridge and Drum Lane, and Anna, which was Red Hills and Bultorbet. And Anna actually won it. Fast forward then three years, St. Mary's, which was Castle Rahan, and Montreal Connacht won the championship. They were back in the final the following year and lost to Calvin Gales. So there was a great tradition of amalgamations right up to that point. Seems to have faded away a bit for some reason in the 80s. These things are cyclical and they, they go out of fashion. And I'd say it just kind of went out of fashion because people were looking and going, well, how come we haven't we haven't won the last three Ulster championships with Calvin? And they just blame something like that and it's gone out the window. Now, there was a bit of it in the 90s. Like we all remember St. Joseph's playing it and that was probably one of the well-established amalgamations. But you asked me about, about the one in 1992. So when Peter Brady uh, was chairman of the county board, he consistently spoke. This is He was chairman in the in the early 90s and he consistently spoke about the need to, to follow this Kerry model. Um, and it's, it's, the divisional model is, is popular in Cork as well. And how basically for the reasons we're talking about, how you're, you're giving every player a chance to compete at a higher level and so on. So he spearheaded this, what they call it, the, the inaugural divisional football league. So it must have been run on a league basis rather than a knockout, but the fact that it was called a league. Uh, and the final of it was won by Drum Loman Celtic, which was Mullahorn, Crushalaw, Bally McHugh and Lacken. So no, no prisoners taken on that team. Uh, Drum Loman Celtic and they beat, they beat Lakeland Gales but, uh, in the final 1-9 to 11 points Lakeland Gales was Arva Kilishandra Garna Balanya and Cornafin so you had no shrieking violets there at all no there was definitely nowhere to, nowhere to hide in that field but you had nine clubs uh, represented Michael Green and refereed the final so run you through some of the players who, who lined out in that in that competition well, I'll give you the teams very quickly the, the Drum Loman team was Park Riley Mullahorn, Chase Smith Crushalaw, Michael Fagan Mullahorn, Brendan Sweeney, Bally McHugh. Like you're talking about county seniors. Michael yeah. Fagan would have played senior with Calvin that year. Shame and Brendan had also won 21 medals from a couple of years before that. John Kieran, Bally McHugh, Jared Brady Mullahorn, Tony Smith Lacken, Philip Smith Crushalaw, captain midfield, obviously county senior. Brendan Kieran and Bally McHugh, Shane McCarran and Lacken, Damien O'Reilly Mullahorn, uh, who was in his absolute prime at the time. Pat yeah. Shalvey Crushalaw. Gabriel Kogan, Lacken, Tommy Smith, Bally McHugh, Brian Lynch, Crushalaw. You had Tommy Sheridan, Porrick O'Reilly, Eugene Cairn, our county senior player, Dermot Gannon, Kieran Brady from Mullerhorn, Brendan Cairn, and John Pat McDermott. They, they were the subs. The Lakeland Gales team Ronald Simpson, Gavin Harton, and Bernard Morris from Garna, John Hamilton, Arva, Kieran Brady, and Fergal Harton from Garna, Kieran Fitzpatrick from Killeshander, who was an outstanding underage player for Cavan, Stephen King, middle of the field, along with Declan McCabe from Garna. You had Robbie McDermott, Balnia, Lawrence Brady, Tommy Brady from Arva, Rona Flanagan, Kilishandra, Joe Brady from Garner was captain, Sean Pearson from Garner was corner forward. And on the bench, you had Connor Flanagan, Niall O'Donnell from Arva, who was a county senior player at the time. Uh, Kieran Brady from Garner is listed as a sub, so I'm not sure was that another Kieran or is that a typo. Brian Doyle from Corner Fane, Sean Martin, Brian Gumley, Joe Brady, Kilishandra, Coleman Flanagan, uh, Rona Fitzpatrick, Kilishandra, Niall Brady from Arva, uh, friend of the pod. John McLaughlin, Balanya, and Terry Hart and Garner. So you great players there, very strong. Yeah. And that was a big success. And they won it with, with a goal from Damien O'Reilly in the, in the last minute of the game. Now, what I've been told, and maybe some listener will, will um, speak on this, 
and I, I think I mentioned this before, but it was <clears throat> the winning team all got a suit, a suit of clothes. That used to be a big thing back in the, like in the 40s and 50s. You'd have tournaments and they were run for, for a length of suit, they'd call it. So you literally would get it in a bundle, as far as you know, and it was like suit cloth. This is how suits were made back in the days before... before um, I think they're still made with starting with a lump of cloth. Yeah, but as, as consumers, we don't see that stage. <laughs> yeah. Don't show, show them how the sausage is made. Unless you've been to Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, yeah. So every fella got that, and they went off and got a lovely suit uh, custom made for themselves. So it was a, it was a nice prize to get um, back then. But Damn uh, that, was a big, that was a big success, that one. So that's just to give a pot of history of the of the history of Amalgamation and Cavan. It is, it is strong. And it's talking to Niall McCoy from Gaelic Life there recently. Uh, he was doing a piece about it and he was doing a bit of research. And in actual fact, it's it, Cavan is the strongest county in Ulster in terms of a history of amalgamations. So we, we should remember that too. In what way? Well, it's just, there's no, it's not a tradition in other counties in Ulster at all, really, compared to what we have here. Like you wouldn't have had amalgamations winning senior championships in other counties uh, the way we have. So, so we, we kind of look, we might be inclined to, to look at it and dismiss it and go, ah, yeah, no, we've never really done that. But we have done it. And, and we've done it in a big way for decades. Mm. And possibly in, 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 in a slightly different way. But yet, if you take back into, I wonder, if you look back into those amalgamations, particularly in the 70s with St. Mary's and Anna, was there any players unearthed? Was there somebody who came through from those amalgamations that would have necessarily just been a junior player, um, but the county then looked at and said, my God, there's there's a there's a player we need to we need to get at like. Yeah, that's a good question. You'd pro- we'd probably have to ask someone from that time because I could tell you a lot of the players, like for example, Tony Brady was on the, yeah. the Mary's seventy six and he was probably eighteen or nineteen. And he was he was a super player, like, but he he had been a county minor, probably w- was on the radar anyway. Ollie Brady was on the 73 team, like, but he had been a Hogan Cup winner. So, yeah, but there, I'm sure there were um, players who were on the earth, without a doubt, like, uh, there had to be, but it, I wouldn't be able to answer that one. Yeah, yeah. And just just to give people who maybe aren't subscribers to, to the Die Hards podcast, we'll go through the eight teams that, that we picked out um, and and what clubs made them up. Um, I don't know if you've you've the list there, but... I have, Damien, yeah. Do you want me to read them out? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so... <clears throat> We decided to go for eight. We had we had toyed with the idea of going with, with ten. Um and I kinda wanted to go with ten, but but you were right, you said go with eight, because realistically if it ever comes to pass, eight is a much better number, more manageable for for a tournament. You have the option of running on a knockout hmm. uh, from quarterfinals there. Excuse me. So the eight teams we went for were <coughs> so the eight teams we went for were The Border Saints, which was Kudhildrum Goon, Red Hills, Kildrum and Ballyhays. United Giants, I have to forgive us the names here. Uh, Lara, Lavig, Den, Castorahan and Nugent. The Orney Street Tigers, which was Cavan Gaze, Drummalee, Butler's Bridge and Killigarry. The Southern Cowboys, Mullahorn, Gauna, Arva, Killachandra, Cornerfane. The Shamrock Stars, uh, which I think someone said it should have been called the Cockknock Rock Stars or something like that. <laughs> yeah. The Shamrock Stars, Kingscourt, Shercock. Baileyborough and Knockbride. The Lakeside Lords, which was Rammer, Maher, Munchakonna, Cuhullins and Killin' Care. 
the Breffney Chieftains was Crushalaw, Valley McHugh, Lacken, and Valenia. And the West Side Warriors was Beltorbet, Shannon Gales, Templeport, Swad, Corla, Kildallan, and Jermaine. Yeah, so you you had you had variations in numbers um of of teams in it, but it was the way we kind of looked to divide it up was that it it gave you maybe a better balance. We actually tried to work it on a scoring basis from senior points were three, intermediate were two, and junior were one or something like that. I can't remember way back when we started it, but it, it was to try to balance the numbers up. But when we went through the actual teams, and if any of the listeners want to hear the teams that we picked and it and, and the panels we whittled them down from, you can get all that over on the diehard service. But when we went through the teams we were looking and, and there was umpteen examples for me of players you put up on, on a WhatsApp group that we're on um, the county minor team from six years ago. And I was looking through it and I was saying that there's a there's a, at least four players on that that maybe had to been with a bigger club or a senior club or had an opportunity to go to uh, a step between that and county senior could have made it. Um, and, and we unearthed an awful lot of that throughout the, throughout the competition. Like a lot of players that we were saying, okay, we don't know that they'd make it, but they're absolutely tearing it up with their club team, and therefore we need to see them at a level above here. That's it. Like looking at that team, that was a very strong outfit when you when you look back on it. And you know, maybe maybe we, I was guilty of thinking that the underage success had dried up in Cavan, um, kind of after after twenty fifteen, but the McCrory Cup win, but. You know, there were very good teams that came through even still. And you can see several of those players went on and won us their senior medals this year. So they're obviously good players. But yeah, there's there's a lot of those lads that are competing at club level haven't gone on to county senior. But I mean, there's not room for 100 players on the county senior panel. You've got to give fellas something, a gateway, a jump between their club and the county senior panel. If they have the appetite for it uh, and they're willing to put in the effort, we'll give them the, give them the chance. Because at the moment, some of those fellas we're just not giving them the chance if you're playing let's say you're playing with, with, with my own home club Red Hills uh, and like at the minute struggling a bit in junior football and hasn't haven't competed at the top end of junior football in the last few years if you're a really top young underage player coming up there and, and you, you're you love football you live for football and you're willing to put in the effort you want nothing more than to play uh, county senior football with Calvin and you're willing to make all the sacrifices that that takes we're not giving you the chance really to to make that leap because we're asking you to go from group stages or quarterfinals of junior championship to go up and start competing with the top 40, 40 odd footballers in the county, like at training sessions and so on, and and to to deal to have your body deal with the the shock of all that strength and conditioning training and so on. Whereas you'd rather ease them up and say, all right, okay, first of all, let's see, do you have the tools here? Can you you might be able to do it. Uh, against a, a junior defender, but can you do it against top senior defenders and so on? And give them that opportunity. That, that's what I think is is the the real secret of it. Yeah, I, I I also think that the important part within it is that you take a a player, and we are focusing mainly on on that player that just doesn't make maybe the county seniors or the the county on the twenty squad, but they're still in development. They still have opportunity, but they may not get the chance to go out and expose or go out and show that with a higher caliber player around them or going up against a higher caliber player that they can they can show off their skills. So is there part of it even that those players are then 
drop them back on their training, drop them back on their level of effort because the gap is so big. Whereas you run a competition like this, you're going to give them at least a, a, a game a year where they get the opportunity to show that I'm, I'm at a higher level. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. It also would enhance the club um, scene because if you, let's say we pick our eight teams and we, we have all in place, competition is running after the, the club championships finished, maybe, I don't know, maybe run a during an Ulster club championship and, and exclude those players or as in an Ulster, yeah, club championship, exclude the players that are still involved or, or run it after that club championship. One way or another, there's club, there's regional managers appointed by the county board to go out and and scour and pick these pick these two or these eight teams. So the, each player, while playing for their club, is also saying, Do you know what, I want to make the regional team. And it gives them a boost of confidence that, okay, well, I made that regional panel, I made the team. I scored five points in the in the regional quarterfinals, I scored three in the semifinals, and now I'm going back, but I'm a better player. And therefore it lifts the standard of the club. So it, it I think it's just there's there's so many pros to this to this idea that I'm 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 really hoping that the county board will 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 take a look at it because mm. it also could do something that I think is missing at inter county level. Um, the old love that was there for Railway Cup, it was that that taking the best and putting them into a, a a combined team. No, no necessary for it's not necessary to have training sessions, but it's a, it it the, the Railway Cup in my memory, any of the games that I've seen, all were high scoring games because there was less tactics. It was more about just go out and express yourself, do it. It's a man on man battle, and let's have a look at you in those man on man battles. And that's something that I think could be very very entertaining, and therefore turn out to be big attendances in terms of something that could turn into revenue for the county board as well. So I think, I, I think so. And again, to go back on the sponsor, like uh, I had a conversation with, with a, a, an individual who's, who's a very generous sponsor of the county board as it is. And always puts his money where his mouth is when it comes to supporting competitions and so on. And it, he, he said that he, he, he thinks it's a brilliant idea and he would be willing to sponsor uh, a significant level of sponsorship there. So that's, that's that box ticked. We've picked the teams, David. We've even picked the starting lineups. <laughs> That's that box tick. But I think we should just mention the, the the Peter Quinn report, which I was just glancing through it again this morning because that was the last time there was a big push put on for this. And it, <clears throat> I'm and actually did wanna... he did he call for regional championships? Or like, my my memory of the Peter Quinn report was to reduce the number of senior teams, but was it true amalgamation? It was, it was, okay, so I'll read you parts of it here. So um, he, he wasn't talking about a separate competition, but, but he was still, he identified the need, or it's not, not him. Um, I'll actually read you, 
I'd like actually read you out the the uh, the names of the committee involved. So they met they met over almost two years. They started in, in February, um, and they published a report in the following December of the next year. Uh, I think they met fourteen times and did a lot of work uh, behind the scenes. The, the members of that commission were Park Brady Arva, Thomas Doolan, Hempaport, PJ Gallagher, Kiligary, Paddy McNamee, Rammer, Park Mahan, Lacken, Paddy Riley, Calvin Gales, Oliver Tierney, Bailiver, Michael Tyne and Bally McHugh, Killian Monaghan, Cougollins, Joint Secretary, Sinead O'Reilly, Batorbet, Joint Secretary, Peter Quinn, Chairman. So that, that was an excellent committee yeah. of people, well-respected uh, people uh, from across the county. And like Peter Quinn himself, there's nobody... Uh, better respected in the GA for he, he had a brilliant tenure as president and um the development of Crow Park was was under his time. Yeah, that's right. That was the big legacy, but he was always he was he was he was someone who, who wasn't he didn't court the limelight at all, but he wasn't afraid to, to make hard decisions and he touched on that a lot. So some just I'll read you out a couple of bits which touched on his philosophy. He says uh our aim was to identify what could be done to promote a long-term reversal of fortune for Calvin football. Without, without preempting the details of what we concluded, it is worth setting out three propositions right from the outset. Firstly, generating the sort of change which we set out to initiate, initiate is a long-term project. We accept that majority opinion would indicate that it would take a decade and possibly more to produce the long-term benefits which GA people in Calvin desire. Ten years is probably a realistic expectation for the benefits of a root and branch reorganisation of the game in Cavan to begin producing success at inter-county level and even at club level. But we have set a shorter timescale in this report and we believe we have a realistic basis for selecting that shorter term. Secondly, if the GA in Cavan wants more success, it will have to be prepared to change. And he's, he has put some of this in, italicised some of this and, and has it in bold. Its clubs will have to stop looking inward at what is best for my club and start looking at what is best for Cavan football, and there is a big difference. Instinctively, we all tend to adopt a parochial perspective, but if we want success, we need to adopt a broader approach. If the membership of the association in this county is not prepared to adopt that approach, then, then the production of this report has been a waste of time, and we come back to that. Mm. Thirdly and consequently, those in charge of the game, and just as importantly of the association in Cavan, will have to accept that continuing to do the same thing while expecting different outcomes is a form of madness which creates no chance for improvement or success. There was not a single member of this committee who would not prepare to have preferred to leave some one thing or another as it was, or to make some more challenging recommendation, which is not incorporated into this report. For some, there were many such clashes, clashes of preference. So that just gives an outline of, of the philosophy. Now, it's interesting that he, that he identified the need to, to, to look at what is best for Calvin football and not what is best for my club, because that was ultimately... Uh, the sword in which this report fell because uh, Tom Riley was chairman and he had instigated this report. They came back with, with pretty pretty uh, sweeping stuff and it got voted through at county board level and then there was basically a renegade group of chairmen and so on who, who didn't like the idea of, of their club being relegated from senior, even though they hadn't a, a hope in hell of, of winning a senior championship. And they, I think there was a couple of, of meetings and then the whole thing just got shelved. And that, so that was an example of what he identified, looking for what is best for my club rather than what is looking best, best for Calvin football. Now, we should say That's, that, we should make the point, Damien, sorry to cut you off, that 10 years on, we are us the champions. And some of these changes didn't come in. So we're not saying that, that we, uh, we, we made a buzz of it for the last 10 years. Like, there was an awful lot of good went on, obviously, in the last 10 years in the county. Part, part of which, though, 
now he, I think his recommendation was to bring the senior numbers down to 10 or 12. Um, but it, it has been reduced dramatically over the last few years. So part of it has been implemented and has had an effect. And and don't get me wrong, I, I don't I don't think it's going to be like the 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 beauty of of the regional idea is that I don't think that we could we could run amalgamations um in the senior championship without without having an effect on the intermediate and the junior championships. Well, he gets, and, he and gets to that, actually. Yeah. That's an important part within it, that I mm. think they have to be run separately, this regional idea, because you're... Well, there was one example I was told of um, that West Cavan Gales uh, um, did put together an amalgamation. I think it was back in 2005 or 2006. They played a number of challenge matches against strong senior teams in the build-up to the championship and were going really well and looked like they were they were you know going to make a big impact. And But what they had to do was play a game on Friday night. The first game was, was played on Friday night. Two key players got injured for clubs that couldn't play then with their club on the Sunday. And the following week, the whole team was shelved because they didn't even play their second game. So it was, it's one of those things that I don't think colliding it in Cavan works because we are very parochial. We, we do love our own club, but we also love to see a player from our club going to a higher level and doing well, whether that be county minor, county senior, county under 20s, or in this case, a regional team. I think if we don't collide it with the club, we'll, you, you could get a huge backing from the clubs. Yeah, well, it's a surefire way for it, for it to fail. I know we're talking about a slightly separate thing now. We're talking about amalgamations in senior championship rather than a, a different standalone competition. But, you know, essentially it, it would be done for the same reasons. But I, I do remember, uh, say, Blackwater Gales, maybe around 2010, um, played in the senior championship. I think it was Maher, Munchakonic, and Nugent. And I remember them playing in the senior champ- in the junior championship on a Friday evening and playing the senior against Kingscourt on a Sunday. And it actually did well. I think they were pretty, they could have been level at half time, and then they ended up losing by about 15 points. It was an impossible task. Like, it, it, it really undermined the whole thing, and it put those fellas off. Who, if you were beaten by 15 points, it's not going to entice you to, to think that you're going to be fit to come back and do it the following year. Some more points that Quinn made. He says, We got very strong feedback that there were, and this is the thing about Peter Quinn. When he says very strong, he means very strong. He chooses his words very carefully. Um, <laughs> He doesn't like it wasn't just strong. It was very if he said he got very strong feedback. Very was deliberately put in. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a he's a man who picks his words carefully. We got very strong feedback that there were far too many teams playing senior football in the county. The general view was that this was not good for the overall standard of football in Cavan. This was the single most consistent view expressed to us during the entire consultations. Now, it is an indictment, whatever way we look at it, that we we got all those people to put all that effort in. We got a man like Peter Quinn to chair it. And he makes the point <clears throat> that they got very strong feedback, that this was the single most consistent view expressed. There were far too many teams playing senior football. And you know what we did as a county in the following two years? We increased. We increased, increased. increased to 14 to 17. Yeah. Now that, was, that was bad. That was stupid. It, um, it, it, it was, and I, I mean no disrespect to the, the people involved at the time, our, or the clubs, I'm sure they thought they were doing the right thing by voting it or allowing that to happen. But that, that literally was almost just throwing mud in the face of, of Peter Quinn and the people on that committee who 
spent the time going around speaking to other stakeholders within CAV and GEA circles. Like it was such a catastrophic mistake. And I've mentioned this a number of times in the podcast that it led on to our intermediate champions being uncompetitive in Ulster, Ch- Ulster club and in, and in, in, in knock on effect, our junior being the same because instead of our 15th or 16th team or 17th team being the, the intermediate champions represented, we were putting in our 18th team and it was going up against the 11th best team in Monaghan. And therefore you're always going to be, you're always going to be at, at a, at a significant disadvantage. So it, it was, that, that was, that was a renegade step really. It was, it was. And a retro. retrograde step. Yeah. Retrograde. But I, I, Oh, it was renegade as well because we don't have any secret meetings. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I thought that was, I fully agree with you there. So anyway, to, to give you another few points that he made on that, he says, only a few teams have any realistic chance of winning either the senior league or the championship. More like four than 14 was one comment and junior standard players playing in the senior league and championship was another. Only six have won the senior championship in more than 20 years. Now, it's interesting that that did change and that is cyclical. Because almost a, immediately after we wrote that, we went through a run, I think, of, of six winners in seven years. So that did change. And I think that was just because, because this was written in 2011. or 20, Yeah, 20. This was, was this was started in 2010, and the only six had won in 20 years. Uh, and suddenly you had Kingscourt, uh, Cavan Gales, Mullahorn, Balignan, Cavan Gales again. Castle Rammer. Castle Rammer. Uh, and now you've crushed a lot. So you've an awful lot of teams have won since that. But that was more um, a result, I think, of the Gales coming to a bit at the end of a cycle. And you do get that period of flux, as we talked about before. Um, he talked a bit about, about the league, and he says that... that uh, OK, I'll just read this out. While it was accepted that, for the most part, the Cavan Senior League was a very competitive competition, at least until teams feel safe from relegation, the current championship structure was deemed to be much less competitive until the last stages which I agree with, that that old um, group structure was full of dead rubbers. Well, this was not an anim- a unanimous view. A number of interviewees pointed out that some games at, at this stage of the championship have attracted big crowds. It was strongly held by several interviewees, some of whom claimed that many supporters have recognised that the league stages are merely the appetiser, with a real competition commencing at the knockout stages. That could affect attendances. Supporters have become more, much more discerning, and any such trend could accelerate in the current economic circumstances. We were, we were advised to get rid of the meaningless games in the championship. Now, that has happened. Mm. That has happened. And we're, me and you are both big fans of the current system. Um, playing junior and intermediate championship games on the same weekend as the senior championship detracts from these competitions. Junior and intermediate clubs are losing players to senior clubs and to clubs outside of Cavan because they feel they're ma- making no progress within the Cavan system. I, I don't know if that really was a trend. I don't think it was, uh, personally. Now, maybe, obviously... There was evidence to back that up, but my memory of that is that it wasn't really a big trend. I wonder, was it a case of a player playing for an intermediate or junior club, living in Dublin, coming up and down for training, and then kind of saying, Do you know what, it'd be just easier for me to play football in Dublin? Or, you know, that, so, but if he was with a senior club, he was more likely to stay and, 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 and make that commute up and down, or definitely a competitive senior club. Um, I'm trying to think of examples in my head. There's there's not a huge amount of them, but um, I, I'm just trying to think where did they, they come up with that. I wouldn't have 
I wouldn't have recognised that as a problem. But again, knowing the committee, I don't mm. think it would have been put in unless there was evidence to back it up. Yeah, so they, they went on to talk about the regional thing that we're talking about. Notwithstanding the competitive structures operated in other counties, there was very little general appetite for a two-championship system, one involving individual clubs and a second involving a combination of individual clubs and group teams as operates in Kerry at present. Now, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about a two-championship system so that we'd say, for example, Calvin Gales would be a standalone club in both. So that's slightly different. Those who supported such a system did so forcefully using the example of the competition organised in the late 1980s. I'd say that's the one in the early 90s. But the number of games involved and the consequent duration of the season, together with the probable increased requirement for midweek games, which would be needed to accommodate such a structure, were the main arguments advanced against such a system. Um, now, there's a point here somewhere, if I can find it, because it's a 60-page document, this, uh, <laughs> where they talked about the, the need for players to have 18 games in a season. And that, that got me thinking, Damien, about a point that you often make about, uh, you know, let's say Dublin or a team that's getting to the last stage of a championship, even in Cavan, that might be Rammer or Prussia or Cavan Gales, you get to the last stage of the championship most years. They're getting more games and they're getting better for that. And I was, I, I was just thinking on an individual level, if you're thinking about 18 games that a player needs to get, do we have a situation there where the players who are getting the most games are the best players as it is, as in our county senior players are getting the most games. They're playing the All-County League, they're playing the club championship and they're playing the National League and playing with their, playing the All-Ireland and Ulster Championships with Cavan. So the best players are getting the most games. They're probably going to improve and they're getting the most high-quality games. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, look, it, it's not rocket science. And uh, speaking to Mickey Graham, Mickey's a big, big. Um, uh, um, uh, he's he's very much in agreement with the idea of games improve players more than training. You train to prepare for games, but at a point you've got to come in and put in games. Um, and I I I I don't think there's there's any. I I don't think there's an argument to be made that less games is going to improve a player. It, it's simple. Yeah. What I'm actually quite curious on that is if we took your average club player at any level intermediate in an ordinary year would say intermediate level but not a county player is he getting 18 competitive games I, I I sincerely doubt it he's getting he's getting his four championship if he makes a quarter final it's five so we say that's your you're, you're hitting the average point there you get five championship there's not 13 league games for yeah, him that's right. so we're that's under right. the quota and compare that to us to uh, a player in Kerry where at one stage somebody was telling me that at underage they could play as many as if you include school um, club and regions that that an underage player in Kerry could play as many as 50 games in a year um, you, you you take that to a, a, a club player who's got his, his regional club championship which means I think in Kerry they go with um, you know, a junior against a senior, but it's within North Kerry, and that's that's one competition. They've got their intermediate, their junior, their senior championships. They've got their leagues. They've got the then the regional championship, which means that they're playing for a regional team or their senior team. And then, uh, I so that's the the, the four car, or they actually have another uh, a preseason knockout or something. But they're playing north of twenty games a year. You know, if not, if not, probably closer to thirty games a year. 
and they're consistently winning club all Ireland's at intermediate and junior. Their 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 proportion of of victory in those competitions is 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 way way off in comparison to other counties. Like they're, I yeah. think they they win one in every three junior and and could it be one in every four at intermediate level. So you know, with thirty two counties, they shouldn't have that level of dominance. But yeah. it's because those players are getting exposed to higher level competition. I think you used you made the comment about when Swan and Bar were playing. Um, in the All Ireland final, that um, it was yeah, they, they played Carrasavine to Mary's Carrasavine, which was the club of Jack O'Shea, Brian Sheehan, and Kingsford were the Cavan champions at the time. And I remember what, looking at that game and thinking these boys would give Kingsford a good game. And Kingsford were were super, obviously, but they they were super. They had and the, uh, Swag got off to a great start that day, and uh, were beating them something like one two to a point, but. As the game went on, they were just brilliant, like and they had Sheehan and like class and, and, and again another another so taking it back, increasing the number of games that players play in and reducing the number of of, of training sessions because there is only a finite amount of time in any week, you're going to increase the enjoyment of the players and therefore increase participation numbers and also make the players better. I I I just I, I think that the increase of games would be good. Like, look at year one. Try this competition out. That were it's it's a as I was suggesting to you off air. Run it when your club competitions are over before the the champion before the the county seniors get back into heavy training, and you you then run it that it's a quarter final. The winners of the quarterfinals go into the semi final of the winner section. The losers go into the semi-final of the losers section. So at least every team is guaranteed two games. You run it over three weekends, quarterfinals, semi-finals, finals, and it's 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 all done and dusted. But yeah. at least you've had an opportunity to see those players playing at a higher level. Um, like take it back down to Kerry again and why it's 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 an advantage. David Clifford's brother, his name's eluding me. Um he's it's on the po- Kerry. It's a party. Could be Paddy, yeah. Like, yeah, I know that he's he's a super player, yeah. Super player, but where he came, so he was greater on the rage, didn't make the county senior squad, and then the regional uh, team when they started to to get really strong, he was standing out in those games, and then he was brought back into the county senior squad. That's yeah, that's, that's the sort of player I'm talking about. Yeah. That's that's the guy that that with Fossa would would a county senior manager have looked at him and gone, yeah, but you know. These aren't really a very strong team here. You know, you're standing out in the poor level. But because he was able to do it at the regional, he was brought straight back into county senior. So he went a year or two years or maybe three at most where he wasn't on the county senior. But it was never too big of a step because he was playing that regional mm. team. So yeah. I, I, I think excellent point. there's so many examples of, of, of why it should be run and, and how it would be of benefit to Cavan, you know, and, and, and I think the players want it. I think the players really want it. Just the last couple of points before you wrap up, Damien. Um, uh, on on the Quinn report, he says club football has a major impact on the performance of the county team, but most clubs do not care what happens at county level. Reasons given in, included not interested in success, suspensions, political issues, clicks, and an environment which is not set up for success. We are told there is no culture of success, and in, my, in many club areas, there is an apathy towards the success of county teams. Bear in mind that this was written at a very low point for Cavan in the county football, uh, probably as low as it ever was. 
players need to be capable of adapting as the trend of a game changes. But in recent years, there's been no evidence of, quote, real leadership on the field. The average standard in Calvin is probably no worse than that in other more successful counties. The problem is the players with great, greater potential are not being developed as well as elsewhere, partly because of apathy towards the county team. So that's interesting, this that point. Um, this is a thing that he, that he brought up a couple of times. Well, the situation has improved considerably. Too many games are still postponed for reasons which are at best flimsy. Weddings, concert, party, refusing to play without county players, etc. That that disrupts the entire fixtures programme. The acceptable reasons for postponing games and depriving other players of the opportunity to play should be set out clearly and enforced rigorously. I think that has improved a lot. Mm. Furthermore, now this is a, just a thing. We're not going to time to go on too much about this, but this is something we've touched on a lot here. Furthermore, the real club football season is much too short. For a considerable part of the year, players are being forced to play other sports because the GA is not providing them with enough games. That simply succeeds in creating competition for the GA within the county. The view that leagues are for playing and championships are for winning seems to have disappeared in, in Cavan. Ultimately, we were told there is a need for a better, longer and more structured programme of club games with fewer postponements. This applies to all to this applies at all levels in the county. So again, that's something we might we might come back to sometime, but it's in, it's yeah. interesting. I'm, and maybe that's that's when you could play this competition. You want to extend the season, well, run this off over a month at the end of the season. And not alone are you extending it, you're given something novel, uh, you're given a higher standard, and it's something that you know, it's worth a try. I, 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 the one point that I do want to pick up on, on, on the Quinn report is, and I think it is the most potent, one of the most potent points in it is that clubs looking inward must stop if Cavan are going to get better but what what is failed to point out within that is by Cavan getting better clubs actually will get better as well and that's that's it's it's a it's a knock-on effect that by or or you could say it the other way by clubs getting better Cavan will get better one way or another Cavan and the clubs are 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 so interlinked that you can't say one's going to get better without the other. And and I think that's a very, very important part of it, that, that if we can say that, go bringing it back to that earlier point, that a player in my club, which is a junior club, gets the opportunity. Let's take Key and Bourne, for example, a, a player that, that was a super underage player and possibly through no fault of his own is now in a club where he hasn't really got the opportunity to step up those levels to make a county senior. But... If he had those opportunities, he and stepped up and played on the regional team, and then maybe made the county, he's going to make Drumley a better team. There's no doubt about that. So it's got to be linked, and people have to mm. come away from that idea. The other part of that is that the league, the league is for playing, and I think that this idea that players or that that clubs are saying, "Well, I'm not playing a league game without a county player." I could understand that in Monaghan because your championship status is affected by your league positioning. But in Cavan, your league is separate to your championship. And we all know championship is the only show in town. So we've got to let those games run on. Don't be, don't be letting the, the, the 25 players sit in, not play a game, because you want to have that one county player playing in a particular league game. Let's get on and get those games going. That's, that's a very, very important part. And that's, I think that's part of what he was talking about back then was the, the looking inwards must stop. We've got to start to look at the bigger picture. Playing more games will make our players better. But I will say on top of that, I think the club managers in Cavan have changed their opinion in, in that circumstance. I think the vast majority of them want their, their, their players to go ahead and get games. Like we've seen 
senior teams in the last few years where there may have been conflict or, or, or you know they've rested their players during league games because they're playing with the county senior at the minute. And that's that's perfectly fine if the player needs a rest. If he needs a game, the games are there available for him. But it's uh, Yeah, I think I think we should say Damien just before we finish, like I think me and you are both in agreement that that football in Cavan is pretty good in a pretty good place at the minute. Obviously the county seniors are in a very good place. I think the, the county board is doing a very good job in, in, in most aspects. Uh, where we are falling down is our clubs are not are still not making breakthrough at, at Ulster club level in the various grades. They've become a lot more competitive at intermediate and junior. But since the Quinn report came out, we still haven't won at any Ulster club title, I don't think. Uh, I think I'm right in saying that. Swad won, Swad won, but Swad didn't even win that final on the field, if you remember. I know, but they went on and got to the, the All-Ireland final. But we still haven't done that. So uh, that's where we're falling down. And that's kind of really what we're talking about here as well. So uh, it's an interesting conversation. Yeah, very much so. Just before we finish up, to give people a quick update in case they uh, they they weren't aware, um, on Ashlyn Shorten doing very well down under again. They they were beaten in round six, bounced back for round seven. I think it was uh, with a win, which has guaranteed them um, at minimum a, a quarter final spot, or or as they call it over there, a semi final spot. So. Um, great to see the 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 um the Mullerhorn last doing phenomenally well, holding down a starting place and playing exceptionally well there. So again, to Colin Wood, well done. Delighted to have uh, delighted to be able to follow something at the moment. Paul, thanks very much for that. Um, folks, let us know your opinions on this, please, as well. And and you know maybe even get down into the nitty gritty on it. You know. Give us your, your your ideas about when it should be played. And, and if if there's people out there who have a, a different view, who don't want to see this competition, who think it would be a bad idea, I'd love to hear from them because I haven't heard any opposition to the idea of the competition as yet. But um, as always, we, we welcome your opinions. So get in contact on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or you can email us at wearecavan at gmail.com. Paul, thanks a million for digging out that 60-page report. <laughs> Makes yeah. for light reading. I'd send it on to you, Damien, because there's great reading in it. Definitely. Folks, thanks very much for listening to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast. Have a good weekend. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football after that. You're in Carvinaise, yeah! Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Kevin to get come back into the big time? And then the cave, and it's over the lap, and Kevin are not buried yet. Have them doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh, yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill. What a day he is having! Oh, this is brilliant by Calvin! Dandy legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah! Hurrah, yeah!